Hey guys, welcome back to the final episode of 2019 of Financial Flex with Lex. The podcast will be taking a break and I'll be back with more interviews and stories to share in 2020. On today's episode, we have Sherry Penn. She is the author of the Kai and Izzy Tales. Almost two years ago, Sherry left her home in Central Florida to pursue her dream in Atlanta. The life of an entrepreneur isn't for the faint of heart, and Sherry can wholeheartedly agree. Um, I actually met Sherry through a mutual friend, hey Bria, if you're listening, Um, and I thought that she would be perfect to talk about um, entrepreneurship and money and, you know, just the stuff that goes on behind the scenes that, you know, no one ever really, like, talks about or shares. She opens up about the struggles of believing in your dreams when your bank account states otherwise, not wanting to become a slave to money, and why going to graduate school may not have been the best option for her. Before we jump right into the interview, I do want to get a little personal with you guys. For a better part of the year, I would say probably for the last like eight months, um, money simply ruled everything around me. I was very caught up in budgeting and pinching pennies. And while by doing this, we were able to, you know, put $13,000 towards student loans, you know, paying off John's student loans and then starting to, you know, pay mine off, I started to develop anxiety over money um i already have anxiety like outside of money but this was just like an added on stressor if you will um i was you know fearing that we'd be burdened with you know my student loan debt for forever and you know um back in 2018 um the beginning of 2018 i actually lost my first job um if you go back to one of my very first episodes i believe it's actually the first episode um i am sitting in my closet talking about how i basically like just quit just got fired from my job and so with that i've developed a bit of anxiety over jobs and so at any moment i'm always thinking oh my goodness i can you know be let go and that we'd go from being like a two income household to just one and you know this year we finally like moved into our own place and so there's a different level of i guess um urgency or just wanting to make sure that you know that we'll always be good that we'll always have enough money for rent we'll always have enough money to buy groceries to get gas basically cover our basic needs and I felt myself being so zeroed in on trying to get out of debt and you know making sure that we had enough that I just you know developed anxiety I kind of let you know relationships and friendships fall to the wayside I my social anxiety is worse than ever because you know I instead of making plans with friends I would stay home in order to save money and some days most days I feel like a prisoner trapped in my own head but um I was so caught up in worrying about money that I never took the time until just recently to you know look around and get out of my own head for a brief second and see how blessed I am Somewhere out there, you know, someone's working 10 times harder than me for, you know, literal pennies. Uh, Somewhere out there, someone's facing hundreds of thousands in student loan debt with no job. 
Um, somewhere out there, someone just took their very last breath. So while getting out of debt is important to me, I've realized that, you know, I can't stop living life because let's be real, tomorrow is not promised. And I think we've seen that from, you know, we've seen that a lot in 2019. So as we go into the new year, we go into 2020, uh, tighten up that budget, set realistic financial goals for yourself and achieve them. But this is a reminder to myself and to you as well. Don't forget to let your hair down and have some fun while doing it too. Alright guys, I will see you in 2020. Let's get into today's episode. My name is Sherry Penn and I am the creator and author of The Kind Izzy Tales. I am originally from Central Florida and moved to Atlanta about a year and a half ago. Awesome. So what brought you down here to Atlanta? Really, honestly, to pursue my book series. I just felt like Atlanta was full of creatives mm -hmm. and, you know, people of color. So I wanted to pursue, I guess, the Atlanta dream. So what is your earliest money conversation with your parents? I don't remember the exact, like, you know, earliest conversation, but my parents have always been open about money. Um, in Central Florida, we have like, you know, Central Florida Credit Union, and I vividly remember at like four having my little bank account. Um, it was like Looney Tunes based, and so I had my little quarter collector and my little checkbook. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's, that's they pretty much kind of outlined that from the beginning, but shaky after that oh yeah no. kind of got shaky because you know my parents they talked about money and they tried to lay the ground the groundwork like they did the best they could but you know when the actions don't match the words your perception of money gets distorted mm -hmm. so i see all these credit cards and all these purchases and then they're stressed about money so it's like how are you teaching me how to manage money when you're stressed out. Yeah, you're stressed out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, no, that, that's such a good point when parents, like, try and tell you, yeah. like, save your money, don't spend. <laughs> exactly. And then they're like, I have no money. I'm so stressed exactly. out. Exactly. Like, yes. what? Like, what is going yeah. on here? Um, how do you think money was perceived in your household? I, I think, honestly, this might sound weird, but I think too much emphasis was put on money hmm. in my household. Explain. Um, like I said, like they they tried to lay the groundwork. Like my dad tried to pull out the budget sheets and all that good stuff. But then again, it was like, well, we need new furniture and just swipe the card. And so it was kind of like, I think my parents coming from the Caribbean and not having much, I think they kind of overcompensated. So money was kind of held at a certain like standard in our household. Yeah. So it kind of. Kind of my brothers and I, I guess we started chasing the money instead of really understanding, you know, the purpose of money. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, if that makes sense. So it was basically like as soon as you could work, you were like, I'm getting a job. Yeah, because I want to buy things, not mm -hmm. because I want to save, but because, oh, I yeah. want this car. I want this these shoes. Like mm -hmm. high school, I was all about sneakers. So, yeah, where's all that money? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Based on your upbringing and your experiences when you were younger with money, how do you think that's affected you today? Ooh, it's had a large impact. Um, I think I have a fear of money. Um, wow. Yeah. 
<laughs> I think I have a, like, of course I want to make money and stuff, but you know, basically am I ever going to be satisfied with like a certain amount of money? Yeah. Like I don't want to be a slave to money. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, there are studies that say that like after a certain uh, salary level, money doesn't really like phase you I, hmm. I think it's like after seventy thousand dollars really? like you like it doesn't really like make much of a difference in your life you're kind of like okay cool and that's probably because i've seen my parents chase money my whole life that it, mm. it probably ties into that yeah yeah probably yeah. That, that's so interesting but i think that's it's i mean it's a valid fear to have because okay. like you don't <laughs> want to like spend your whole life chasing after money right. that's kind of vain yeah yeah so yeah i get that I, de- I definitely get that um so how do you handle your money now like do you budget are you yeah. just like a free-spirited spender like no. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly since i have moved to atlanta i'm by myself just kind of like you know i'm just gonna do it mm-hmm. um money i have been in survival mode i'll say that I have been in survival mode since I've been to Atlanta. Like, I haven't been able to really enjoy Atlanta because I'm pinching pennies. So, like, I have an Excel spreadsheet where I have all my expenses and all that good stuff. And it's literally, like, paycheck to paycheck. And then plus trying to be a creative, any extra money I do have, it goes towards my book series. Yeah. Yeah. So, what does survival mode look like? Stressful. It's <laughs> Stressful. Yeah. I literally... Um, I moved to Atlanta in April of 2018. By July, maybe, I was calling home for, like, help. And then my parents were kind of like, well, mm, you, you chose to move there. So I literally had two jobs up until this past August. Mm. And that's literally working, like, 60 days. I mean, 60 hours a week. A week. Sunday was my only day off. I would get off of work at 5 p.m. and go straight to my uh, hostess job in Midtown. I remember. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And then get off at like 1, 2 in the morning, literally sleep all day, go back to work at 6, and then get off at like 2 in the morning. So by Sunday, like there's stuff I need to do, but I'm literally exhausted. Yeah, you just have no energy. Yeah. Yeah. So you no longer have the hostess job? No, I ended up getting a higher paying job right (laughs) but I kind of feel like I should have held on to it Mm -hmm. because it compensates for me not having the second job but it still doesn't push me over that threshold of like you can relax now yeah yeah so what do you think you need to do to kind of get you to that point where you are ready to just like relax I am still applying (laughs) I'm still applying yeah yeah Yeah. so if so what is your goal then honestly like do you want to quit your full-time job and become an author or not just not not because let me rephrase that (laughs) not become an author because you are but you do like having that be your bread and butter not that just that I have some other creative like I've been a creative since I was a kid I'm I'm always coming up with like different ideas and I really want to be a full-time entrepreneur but it's just not realistic right now Mm -hmm. so you're definitely not one of those people who's like who are like I'm just gonna quit my job and focus and everything will fall into place no that gives me anxiety Mm. and I know you have to have faith and I definitely do but 
God, these bills are real. <laughs> these student loans are crazy. And you brought that up, so mm-hmm. let's talk about that a little bit. I've personally noticed that like a lot of people now, it used to. I feel like it used to be where people would go to high school, get their bachelor's, and then that's it, straight to the workforce. Right. But now I'm noticing like a lot more of my peers and my friends, they'll either graduate with like their bachelor's and then maybe be in the workforce for like a year and go back to school or mm-hmm. just go straight from getting their bachelor's straight to in. their master's. Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, like yeah. when did this, is, is it because now I'm older and I know these people? Like what's going on? Right. So what made you decide to go get your your master's and what was that like? So I went, I did undergrad in New York as well as um, I went to the same school. It's a, a small school in Westchester, New York. And at the time, I got a general business degree. I've always loved business, but had I really like fleshed out what I'm really passionate about, I wouldn't have gotten a degree in business. Uh, it's helping me in a way, especially with the book series. But so I got a general mass, I mean, business degree. And then the jobs just weren't coming. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I need an advanced degree. I probably should have talked to somebody about that, but I went ahead and did it. And even now with a master's degree, there's st- people are still looking at me like, so where's your 10 years of experience? Like it just, yeah, it's, it's stressful. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So would you recommend for people to kind of get their undergrad, get a little bit of work experience yeah. and then get their master's? Yeah, I, I have friends now that are like, Sherry, I wanna get my master's. And I'm like, okay, before you do this, really try to of course you can't predict life because it's so unpredictable right but really try to map out what you're going to do with this master's degree because it doesn't make sense to go and get it and then try to figure it out then because then you're sitting with all this student loan debt and Mm -hmm. this advanced degree and you're still not getting the jobs that's just my experience yeah yeah in comparison to like your student loan debt and what you're making now like you don't have to give specific numbers yeah. at all I, I, I won't do that to you but like how does that it in is, comparison it's, it does not compare in my mind it doesn't, doesn't compare, compare at all so Mm-mm. not worth it yeah I, I don't regret it I just wish I would have went a different route. Gotcha. I wish I would have really thought about what I'm really passionate about mm-hmm. and pursued that. Mm-hmm. And that may not have needed a master's degree. Like sometimes, because I love kids. I mm-hmm. love community work. I used to work for a nonprofit in Central Florida. But my master's degree is in business. So when I'm applying for those like hard work jobs, they're looking like, well, your experience is in finance. Like what... Like, how? And then I kind of have to, like, pour my heart out and then still not get the job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> but that's interesting because I, 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 I would think that, like, you being, like, an author, specifically for, like, for, with children's Kids, books, yeah. yeah, like, you, they'd be like, oh, my gosh, like, you have, the, you have, like, the business aspect about you. You obviously, like, you love kids. That's so interesting. That's what I felt. That's why I was like, oh, I'm going to make it in Atlanta. Like, this is, yeah. <laughs> and then I got here and I'm like, oh. <laughs> Everybody has this degree. Everybody yeah. has this experience. It's so, you know, so who you know here sometimes. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's, it, it, yeah. it is very important. How did money affect your journey as a published author? Okay. So, so like, because <laughs> I know, like, okay, so I just printed out, like, my first 
I budget know, journalist. and I was so sad that it's not <laughs> sad that it sold out. Like, I'm excited and congrats. Thank but I was you. like, I'm about to see her, and I wanted to get one, <laughs> and they're done. They're gone. But I know you're putting out PDF. Yes, I am. Okay. But, like, just... I'm going to be very, like, transparent. Uh-huh. For me, it wasn't about the money at all. I was right. like, whatever. But, like, I definitely spent a lot Girl. more <laughs> yes. than what I got back, which yeah. I, which is completely fine, you guys. Right. I'm so yes. happy. Support. Yeah, support. <laughs> that, that, that's, like, more important to me. But I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, if I'm going to yeah. continue to do this as, like, a business, yeah. that's going to be hard because I definitely spent, like, mm-hmm way more than yes. what I got back. So I'm like, ooh, like, I love helping people, but... but uh, <laughs> yes. The coins. The coins, my, yes. My account was screaming. Oh, money has been the most stressful part of being an author. Mm-hmm. Because it, as a, an, any creative can probably relate, like, you have this idea and you just want to get it out, but then money is involved Mm -hmm. so like originally i'm not sure how many people know originally i self-published the book in 2015 and i used a program called create space which is basically amazon's um self-publishing platform so you pretty much upload your finished product and amazon acts as your publisher printer hosting it on their website all that and in return they take like 70 percent Oh my gosh. So all the people who bought that original version, I was like, why would I be sending them to Amazon? Like, I can do this myself. Mm -hmm. And then that's what I turned around and did, but money. Mm -hmm. It it took a lot. Like, I'm not a web designer, so I had to pay for one. Um, I have an illustrator. I've had to pay for that. I wanted to be special and have hardcover books this time, and... Printing hardcover in America is expensive. So I ended up outsourcing in China. But then I overordered. So now I have all these books. <laughs> and people think the hardest part is actually getting the product. No, it's selling it. Yeah. It is really selling it. And even though people love the idea of children's books, getting them to buy it is a, is a different story. story and i don't know it's because they feel like kids aren't gonna read it or if the parents feel like they have to read it to the kids i'm not mm-hmm. sure but i probably just need to hit the pavement more mm-hmm. but money has played a big part and in order for me to get where i'm at right now i used a lot of my savings mm-hmm. my parents helped out friends helped out i had to go fund me all of that mm-hmm. And still, even now with the product, now having, like I do little events here and there at, in Atlanta, you have to pay for those events, gas, um, shipping materials, mm-hmm. marketing materials. Mm-hmm. So it's still a lot more money to be spent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so do you think that this is something that you, okay, like let's just say if you were like, okay, in five years, yeah. if this career isn't where I wanted to go, would you like walk away or are you someone that would still try and make it work because you believe in it so much? I'll try and make it work because I really, I literally believe in like my product. I really believe in diversity and inclusion. Mm-hmm. I really feel like kids need to see themselves. Mm-hmm. So th- I think that's why I go so hard. It's even though the money is funny, <laughs> I, I continue to push it because I, I just believe in it that much. What are some things um, in regards to money and entrepreneurship oh, yeah. that you know now that you didn't know? 
a couple years ago. And, you know, I kick myself because I do have a business degree. I should know better. Please write your business plan. Please. Mm -hmm. And the hardest part for a lot of people is the financials, but it is so important. Like, you really need to sit there and try to figure out, like, okay, is this worth it? Is this not worth it? Like, what are these projections? What am I going to have to do to cross over that threshold? Because I didn't do that. (laughs) And so it's like, it's literally when I can put money into this business account, aside from the sales, that's what I do. Yeah. So it's a struggle. It's, it's mm-hmm. you know, I'm learning as I go. But yeah. like I said, I should know better because I was taught how to do a business that. plan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's okay. It's all right. Definitely, like, don't think of things that we know. Right. I just wanted so, to get it out. Like, I was just that. You're excited about that, it. Yeah. You're like, yeah. here it is. But I mean, hey, I think that, like, it's better that you had an idea, acted on it, and just, like, went for it as opposed to, like, have an idea, sit on it. Yeah, sitting on it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, like, don't get me wrong, guys. I'm still proud of it. I'm still excited. It's just listen to people when they tell you you need to plan. Like, mm-hmm. yes, step out on faith, but please try to map it out a little bit. Definitely. Because, yeah, it gets funny. Yeah. <laughs> it gets funny. I 100% agree. <laughs> so, what are your money goals for 2020? Ah. And entrepreneur, entrepreneurial goals, too, if you want to throw that in there. Okay. Um, my personal money goals for 2020. So, I have a problem where I set these super high expectations for mm-hmm. myself. And then when I don't meet them, I beat them myself up. So as I'm turning 30, I have like literally have self-talks every day leading up to this birthday. And I'm like, okay, Sherry, we're going to set the goals to try to like eliminate some of your personal debt, but they're going to be realistic. Like, yes, you're going to have to cut down on eating out. I don't cook, guys. I don't cook. But me in the kitchen are not friends. And honestly, like, I'm not a big spender. What I am is I'm a spontaneous, like, small spender, and mm. it adds up. And especially mm. with fast food, like, I have a problem. So I, I, my personal goal is to, like, cut down on all those little small sporadic purchases and really put that extra money towards trying to build a real savings mm-hmm. um, and work on my student loan debt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, as far as entrepreneurial goals, I really do... I've done, like I said, a couple of events here and there in Atlanta, but I really want to hit the ground running with this book series because it's only going to go as far as I take it. Yeah. So that's my goal with that. And I've had to slow myself down because, like I said, I have all these other ideas, but it's, Sherry, do one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. That's, that's where I'm at for 2020. Sounds like pretty good, pretty good <laughs> goals to me. So last question. Okay. What is one piece of advice that you'd give to your younger self about money? <sighs> Do not be afraid of money. Because, you know, when you fear something, it ultimately controls you. And like I said earlier in the conversation, I kind of feel like I'm always chasing money. Like money controls me. So I would tell my younger self to really like, yeah, listen to your parents, but try to, you know, look for some money advice other places like don't be afraid of that and really get a good grasp of how to budget money and make your money work for you i love it and apply for the scholarships don't be lazy (laughs) apply for the scholarships apply for the grants don't just 
rely on student loans because you do have to pay it back. Yeah, you do. <laughs> you have you to do. pay it back. It doesn't feel like it when you're when you're signing that right, promissory right. note. You're like, yeah, yeah. like I'll I'll graduate. I'll get that job making six exactly. figures, and I'll just pay it all back. Financial but, aid is just like sign here. Yeah, you get your refund check. You know, they they don't <laughs> tell you like don't spend the refund check. You need to you know maybe put that aside because yeah. you're gonna have to pay it back. Pay it back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, life, right? Yes. Life. <laughs>